Welcome to Oyana, a teenager's journey to self-love. Our mission is to inspire, educate and empower, helping teenagers and parents to navigate through life and connect with their inner self. I'm your host and transformational life coach, Karen Oakley, and thank you for tuning in. And uh, if it's your first time, welcome, welcome. I hope you've all had a great week. You know, it's uh, not sure where the time is going, but it's going pretty quickly. It really is. Now, today, I am so excited to um, have Dr. Shirag Shamasian, who is a CEO of Shamasian Academic Consulting and one of the world's foremost experts on medical school admissions, college admissions and graduate school admissions. Now, through, throughout his education and beyond, Dr. Shamasian successfully guided students into top colleges, medical schools and graduate programs and has found his professional calling in helping others achieve their educational and career goals. Now, you may have guessed it, Dr. Shamasian is here to talk about all things medical, you know, all about the medical school and college application process in the US. Now, uh, without further ado, let me say hello to Dr. Shemessian. How are you doing, Dr. Hey, Shemessian? I'm doing well, Carol. Thank you for having me. You're more than welcome. And how's the weather where you are? I live in San Diego, so the answer more often than not is wonderful. Um, so it's a, it should be another beautiful day here, um, probably in the 70s uh, Fahrenheit. I, know, I forget what that is in Celsius, but it's it's beautiful out. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Well, we did have a, a little spell of lovely weather. I think it was last week, but the weather's kind mm-hmm. of turned a little bit now. So it's a bit, a bit gray and cloudy and bit rainy. So <laughs> hopefully it turns. Yeah. 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 So fingers crossed we'll get to see the sunshine again mm-hmm. uh, soon. Now, yeah, I mean, the conversation, I, I just like to go with the flow and let's just see where, you know, where the conversation takes us. And then mm-hmm. towards the end, I sort of ask my my top sort of three or four sort of big life questions. But yeah, let's in general, it. let's just go with the flow. Cool. Wonderful. So first of all, Dr. Shamasian, can you tell our listeners a little bit about, you know, a little bit about your background? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm I'm born and raised in L.A., um, went to. I grew up in a very small uh, community, specifically the Armenian community in Los Angeles, and went to school at an all-Armenian school, and went to a school that had very little in the way of college counseling, Carol. And when it was time for me to apply to college, I was looking to go to places that sort of fell outside the types of schools that um, students from my school typically attend. And so I was very self-taught in that process. And uh, as I was, as I had my own success with college admissions, I ended up going to Cornell and, you know, having enough scholarships to graduate debt-free. I was getting a lot of requests for help with applications. People are saying, hey, can you get me into this in that school or whatever the case might be. And mm-hmm. over the years, my students were having a lot of success and the requests sort of grew and grew and grew. And uh, I was helping people. They were have you know they were getting into great places, and at some point I was like, well, I really love this. Um, our students are very successful, so mm. you must be doing something right yeah. <laughs> uh, or many things right. And um, and I really enjoy it. I mean, it's just such a privilege to you know help students achieve their educational and career goals. And I realized that I couldn't just do it um, you know on the side anymore, if you will. And so d- decided to, to found uh, Shamasian Consulting and do this full time now and uh, have enjoyed every step of the way. Wonderful, wonderful. So you've, I mean, you came from a background of like kind of working hard and just put, you know, your whole 
you know your whole energy into it and you know the whole sort of being dedicated is that mm-hmm. is that what's kind of spurred you on you know all yeah. your life yeah i mean it's it's interesting so my parents are immigrants to the states so they were born and raised in lebanon uh we're armenian um ethnically but my parents were born and raised in lebanon and they came here uh you know to escape the war that was going on there the civil war in the 70s and so they always you know they came because my dad was able to uh, secure a spot in a master's program in the States. And so they knew that, well, education was our ticket. And, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, you have that stability that education has provided to our family. And so it wasn't ever, um, you know, I feel very fortunate in the sense that my parents never treated college um, as this, you know, this unattainable special thing. It was sort of like, you're going to go. Uh, you know, it's okay. like, I'm going to wake up today and at some point eat a meal, you know, it was just sort yes, of like a yes. given uh-huh. uh, where, where that's something I was going to do now. Um, now they didn't know how to navigate the system in the state. So they're just like, you're going to go, but they didn't know how that's going to happen. Right. Um, they didn't understand the systems here. So we had to sort of figure it out on our own. Also, you know, my, my counselor in my school was also not from this country. And so, you know, she wasn't, you know, super knowledgeable about what it takes to get into these great programs. And so the, the how and the where and all that kind of stuff was up to us, but there was this expectation and confidence that, you know, my brother and I would go and go to great schools. Now, if you wanted something different outside of say, going to a school like UCLA locally or USC, or maybe UC Berkeley up in the Northern part of the state, Mm -hmm. then you're a little bit on your own. Um, you know, sort of like, a, ooh, I don't know so much about that school. Um, but if you want to go great, just you're going to have to sort it out. And so that was it. I mean, it was a, it, I think it was a combination of like expectation, mm-hmm. confidence, but then also, um, yeah, I mean, effort on my part to actually go outside. I think oftentimes students can say, well, like, you know, people from my school tend to go to this college. So that's where I'm going to apply or something like that. And if it's mm-hmm. something different, not everybody looks outside, right? And so I think that that was, um, that was really important in my process. Fantastic. Fantastic. So obviously, as you said, that you naturally kind of gravitated to kind of help, you know, students to yep. apply to medical. And what was your process looking back? <laughs> Can you yeah. remember? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so on, so extremely self-taught. I remember when I was, you know, about 17 years old, 16, 17 years old, I was getting ready to apply to colleges. I just started, you know, going to the library, picking up books on college guides, uh, looking up, you know, different schools, websites and things like that. And we're talking, you know, we're talking quite a bit ago, right? Um, You know, about 20 years ago when, you know, looking to apply to college, which was a very different ballgame. Now people just submit something online. I actually had to mail in my application packets, which is not something that uh, probably, you know, someone listening to this today probably thinks I'm a dinosaur. Um, but you know, it was very different back then. So there was, you know, right now you can Google anything you want and find out information on anything you want. Yeah. And it wasn't like that back then you didn't have all these resources. So you, and, and if you didn't have anybody in your school, um, whether a counselor or alumni who had done it, where do you go? You just have to, you know, figure it out on your own. And it was a little bit of, it was a little bit like that. It was, I was kind of in the dark, to be honest. And then yeah, yeah. when I went to college, same thing, you know, learning about medical school admissions and assisting people with that process. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up, you know, doing my PhD in psychology, even though I had done very well at Cornell, but yeah, it was, it was very different back then. And, you know, you, you hear a lot about, well, if you have mentors and 
people before who can advise you, then you have a leg up. I didn't have that. Um, But the thing is, it also forced me to learn more than someone had to if they had those extra supports. So I think I developed a a very deep level of knowledge with the admissions process. And now having worked with so many different students with such diverse backgrounds, you know, there's, there's pretty much no situation I haven't encountered. So sometimes a family asks, oh, like, have you worked with a student who, you know, who's like this, has this grade, has, you know, this is their favorite food and blue is their favorite color. Basically like all <laughs> these different variables. And the answer is pretty much always, yeah. Um, it doesn't really, it doesn't really phase me. So uh, I think that's been the benefit of, of doing it the, the quote unquote hard way. Got you. But do you know what you're here to, you know, you've, you've built up so much wealth of knowledge and wisdom because of that, you know, you've done mm-hmm. it you know, you've kind of grafted, you've done it the hard way, you know, you've done uh-huh. it, which is, which is great, which is a, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's a, you're, it's giving you a bit of a notch up compared to others. And like you said, you know, some people who've had mentors or coaches in their life, you've really, you've, you've lived it, mm-hmm. you know, you've really, yeah. really have lived it, which is amazing. Now, um, have you found, I mean, in town, cause you've been, how, how long has the, your consultancy been going roughly? Has it been about, about over about 20 years yeah so i've been doing this work for nearly 20 years um and it's uh yeah i mean it's been a treat served uh, served many students over this time fantastic and have you found that over those 20 years what what are the changes i guess and obviously technology must be one of them right what about the interest in students getting into the medical field has it declined has it increased Good question. So, so it's two, it's, two questions there. <laughs> no, no, no. It, these are great questions. They're they're all related. I think the technology is a is sort of a it's just the way you do the application. So I don't think that's like a big big change like foundationally with the admissions process, Carol. I think the biggest changes I've observed are um, increased competition. That's for sure. Um, and then also changes in expectations. So back when, you know, I was applying to schools, it was sort of the tail end of this phase where, you know, being well-rounded was good enough. Mm. You can join activity A, you can join activity B, um, you know, you could be president of the yearbook club and, you know, the science club and take these hard courses and get A's and all this kind of stuff. And then you had a reason and write great essays and you had a reasonable chance of getting into a very good school. It completely changed over time because, you know, students were all like, oh, if I join this and that and that. And then colleges mm. started seeing a bunch of profiles where it's like, oh, these kids all look the same. Mm. They're all president of the chess club. They're all president. You know, they won the science award and all this stuff. And so they stopped being very impressed with well-roundedness. But there was a subset of students, Carol, who was just exceptional at a few things. You know, they, if they love science, they would, you know, seek a research position at a university. They would look to publish manuscripts. They would win their science awards. They would develop community initiatives. And then they develop what's known as a spike or a specialty. Um, and so colleges really liked when there was a student who was hyper-specialized. And whether that was in science or literature or whatever the case might be, it didn't really matter so much. So that was a big change. Um, the other big change, I think, has been increased competition. And part of that is because of technology, but more so because of like access and knowledge and stuff like that. Because before, you, you, know, you had to like, there weren't the same number of programs. You couldn't search opportunities locally as much. Now, everyone has you know, can have knowledge about different opportunities just by doing Google search. Right. And so people have pushed the envelope. Students have done more and more and more. 
And so the competition is much stronger. You also have more people applying. So to elite schools, we had record number of applications to elite colleges this past year. We also had a record number of applications to medical schools. Part of that was um, the Fauci effect, right? We were living in a pandemic. Everyone's like, man, I really want to serve our my community uh, you know, with a healthcare yeah. background. Mm-hmm. So it changed a lot. Where that will go with the COVID-19 after effects, we will see. Um, but I imagine that people will apply even more broadly. So you'll have more applicants per school. You have increased competition, stronger mm-hmm. profiles. All of these different things, I think, will um, will persist over time. And and yeah, it's just it's just always going to get harder. But what it takes to be successful, foundationally, it's similar. Yes. But there are some ways in which it evolves. Fantastic. Now. Please share with us what's a typical day in your consultancy. You know, oh my gosh! Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this will take a, a whole new episode, but yeah, just yeah, top top line. Sure. I mean, uh, you know, I think an important thing is to say, well, pre-consultancy, I have a two-year-old at home, soon to be three. Oh wow! Um, okay. So you know, Handful. making m- making you know breakfast and uh, you know hanging out with him in the morning is the first thing. Uh, really important part of my day. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, usually sit down, um, you know, take a take a look at all the emails that have come in, especially from the evening before I tend to answer emails uh, pretty late into the evening and then, mm-hmm. you know, see what's coming since just to make sure our students uh, and our team are getting the support that they need. Um, and then, you know, have some calls with some interested families who, you know, who are seeking our support. Uh, and in the afternoon, you know, make sure again to continue supporting students, advising, answering questions, do a few more calls in the afternoon, and then yeah, just developing the resources that we need because things change so often. Um, yeah. You know, the the essays that a school asks might change, the, the expectations they have might change. There might be new developments that I want to share, so I'm constantly producing uh, emails for our newsletters, developing videos for our YouTube channel. Just a lot. I mean, it's a lot of resource development, yeah. a lot of like, one-on-one advising, and just mm-hmm. supporting our team uh, with the process. That's that's really what captures it. Amazing. Now, I, I like to sort of give advice to our listeners. Um, so I'm going to ask you a few questions, kind of. Um, kind of related to them or that are aimed at them sure what, what qualifies applicants to get into med school or, or great college yeah so top grades top test scores um, and then uh, ex- a strong extracurricular profile so what i talked about earlier about having a specialty rather than being too diffuse or well-rounded i think that's mm-hmm. a very critical part of it and then having great essays so you know you can do something uh, in an exceptional way but if you don't know how to communicate why it's exceptional that's a big problem Okay. Right. Um, and so making sure that, uh, you know, if we're if we're able to say, OK, what makes me different? What makes me stand out? Why I should come to a specific school? That's going to be critical. Fantastic. So how do you in terms of because we're all unique, we're all so different. So how do you treat each student in terms of making them really unique so that their application because, for instance, if say there's five of us, I, you know, there's five of us that come to you. How do you mm-hmm. kind of differ- differentiate or make their make them unique in their own way? So all five of them, five, all five of them succeed and get into into medical school. Yeah. So there are things that there are two things that are always going to be different from people. Number one, what they did. Uh, number two, who they are and how they arrived at medicine. And so there's enough there 
where it just becomes about, you know, some people use the word packaging, but essentially okay. the narrative that you develop for their applications, right? So two students can even have done very similar experiences in terms of, you know, getting the right research, doing the right patient exposure work, doing shadowing work, community yeah. service, but where they did it and how they did it and what initiatives they might've developed, those were probably different. So, yeah, also yeah. people come from different backgrounds. Some people um, come from higher income families, some lower income families, some come from this ethnic group, others that ethnic group, mm -hmm. others, you know, came to medicine because they just had a fascination with science and they just pursued that through research and clinical work. Others had a difficult experience um, in healthcare with their family and they decided to make a change. Others want to address systemic barriers. Um, so everyone's path is different. And so sure. our goal is to figure that out and play it up across their applications. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, how do you, I know this is, like I said earlier, this is all related to um, sort of the U.S., um, process, isn't it? So, so first of all, what is AMCAS? Oh, like, MCAS. MCAS. Yeah. So the AMCAS. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and we students, by the way, Carol, uh, from the UK as well, who are applying to US med schools or oh, residency okay. programs and stuff like this as well. Um, so MCAS or AMCAS, for those who aren't familiar, is essentially the centralized application systems for USMD schools. So in the States, we have two types of medical schools. We have allopathic medical schools, which give an MD degree, and we have osteopathic medical schools, which give a DO degree. Mm -hmm. And so MCAS is a central application for MD degrees. Essentially, you put all your coursework, you write your essays, you say which schools you want to apply to. And then the central application system fires it off to the individual schools. Those schools then send their own secondary applications um, uh, talking about like, why do you want to come to our school? And oh, yeah. tell me yeah. about a time you, you know, interacted with diverse populations or whatever the case might be. Uh -huh. And it's your job to demonstrate that school specific fit. Got you. Got you. So how do you write a, how do you write a really good AMCAS personal statement without sounding cliche? It's a million dollar question. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that's, I get more questions about the personal statement than anything else um, okay. because it's, it's sort of the, it's what people call like the, um, you know, it's, it's the main essay, essentially. Mm. It's sort of the, the most important foundational essay about who you are and why you want to go into medicine. <laughs> and um, the, the number one piece of advice I offer students is uh, to, to think about what it is you want to communicate about your path to medicine, what foundation, what the overall application theme is going to be, and then use your personal statement to deliver that piece of information. Okay. I, I oftentimes get students get way into the weeds with like, what's a better topic, topic A or topic B? Well, I don't <laughs> know. What are you trying to communicate? Right. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's sort of a, it's sort of a, you know, it's like saying, should I make, fish tonight or you know or um veggie pasta tonight okay. i don't know is your guest vegetarian or do, you know what i mean like it, yeah, it depends yeah. on what it is that you're trying to trying to pull off what right costs, so that yeah. really matters and and so you know not getting into the weeds about you know perfect topics or not getting into the weeds about well how many experiences should i cover two three four five i'm like it doesn't matter. I've seen amazing essays that landed students at top five schools where they talked about a single 24-hour period. I've seen other great essays that talk about four different experiences. Okay. So the details of how to pull it off, those are secondary to what it is that you want to get across. So like a theme might be, well, my theme is, you know, serving, um, you know, let's say maybe it's serving the uh, Latino community in California 
through education, like healthcare education uh, and healthcare access. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the theme. And, yeah. and so maybe that was like a tremendous driver of my success. And so I only talk about experiences that led me to that realization and also how I've pursued it. I've done these other stuff, but I'm going to save it for other sections because there are so many other sections. There's an activity section that's yeah. like a narrative resume. There's mm-hmm. secondary essays. There are interviews. So for the personal statement, keep the focus on the main thing, mm-hmm. uh, the main foundational points you want to make and okay. drive that home. Got you. Great advice. I mean, talking about activities, what do students need to know about extracurricular activities? Sure. You know, to participate into, you know, to impress their application uh, yeah. process. Yeah. So um, you want definitely want to get research. Um, yeah. It's really important to work in a lab, ideally, you know, multiple years or at least have an honors, uh, honors project where you're doing some sort of scholarly work. Just given the focus on academic medicine here, um, it's important that you just that you not just be clinical or service oriented, but also have pursued academic medicine. Um, The other thing to consider is patient exposure is really important. So patient exposure is being someone who delivers direct patient care. This can be through things like emergency medical services or being a medical assistant. Sometimes there are certain volunteer opportunities at hospitals that allow it. You might do hospice care. You might, um, you know, be someone who works at a suicide hotline or a crisis text line for students struggling with mental health needs. Um, And then beyond that, you want to do shadowing. So you want to observe a physician in their day-to-day work. That's very critical. Mm -hmm. Beyond that, you want to do a lot of community service. That can be healthcare related or not. I've seen people develop, you know, urban, you know, urban farms for areas of the city that are food deserts or, you know, develop nutrition education programs or do healthcare policy for, for kids where they have better social welfare systems. It can range quite a bit, but those are the four pillars you want to hit research, patient exposure, shadowing service. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, what advice can you give to a young person who thinks they're not sure whether they're good enough and you know, that they're feeling that they're a bit of a failure? Yeah. Uh, it depends what that means. Um, you know, it doesn't yeah. mean that, you know, you don't think that your grades are good enough. You don't think that you can make it because of finance or whatever the case might be. But I found that a lot of times barriers are, are in our heads. There are real barriers, yeah. right? Like maybe your family doesn't have the same access to, to resources or whatever the case might be. You might live in a rural area that has fewer access to opportunities. Um, but then there are also barriers in our head, right? Mm. That, you know, if we don't believe something, we're not going to try it or we're not going to try as hard. So if I don't think that I'm going to get into school A, I'm not going to apply to school A. Yes. And I'm not going to get into school A, right? So it's a self-fulfilling thing. Or even if I do apply, if I don't really believe it, I'm not going to try as hard. Carol, you and I, if I believe that I can't do something, I'm not going to put the same level of effort in it. So I think it's important to challenge those things. Like, why why am I not good enough? How do I know this? What evidence do I have? Mm. What evidence do I have to the contrary? Has an expert told me I'm not good enough? Why do they believe that? So challenge these kinds of this type of thinking. I love You'll that. probably be in a good place. I love that. Yeah, because as you said, most of it is all in our head, isn't it? You know, we, mm. we make up all these stories and they're not they're not true. Sure. I get a lot of this stuff about, well, no one from my school has gone to this college. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
do you know where everybody applied? Um, you know, are they as good a fit? Maybe you're strong. Who knows, right? But I think people say, well, so and so didn't do it, so therefore I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And no one actually, you know, that's not necessarily true. Great. And have you seen lots of students come through your doors? I'm sure you must have who mm-hmm. came in with that mindset. You know, mm-hmm. you spoke to them, and they, you know, obviously they saw um, success because they too many to count. Amazing. I mean, a lot of people come in with the, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen, all this kind of stuff. And then it does. Um, And then they're like, thanks for, you know, but you have to believe in yourself. Um, I know it sounds very cliche that you have to believe in yourself, but there's a lot of wisdom in that. No, I, I, I totally agree with that. It is all about belief, I think, and really, yeah. And dedication and all of Mm -hmm. those things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And really following your dream, you know, putting that effort in, it really is about that. And even if you don't think you're going to, you know, if even if you don't succeed, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you have to look at it as a learning curve as well, mm-hmm. you know, and look at and unravel it and say, well, why didn't I succeed and challenge, you know, mm-hmm. the challenge, the process that you um, kind of went down and maybe mm-hmm. your, um, you know, your belief system. Mm-hmm which is um which is so important yeah. now what when should students and parents parents start preparing for med school oh i mean for medical school definitely at the start of college um there are so many requirements as far as courses to take extracurriculars you have to have hundreds and hundreds of hours of things yeah um all of it is really critical um and so you always want to make sure that you know you have you've thought of things ahead of time i can't tell you the number of students carol who come to me right before the application they say i'm ready to apply and i'm like no you're not Um, (laughs) because you didn't you didn't you know plan ahead um and so i i think that you know three four years out is really wise fantastic brilliant advice just a few more questions i mean can you recommend any useful resources that you know our listeners can sort of tap into yeah, I mean, I'll make a shameless plug here, not not because I'm trying to be uh, opportunistic, but you know, I think our our website and our YouTube channel really cover everything you need to know uh, when it comes to medical school admissions. Whether you need help with the MCAT, which is the standardized prep or yeah. the standardized test for med school admissions, or any aspect of the application process, um, all those things are um, all those things are housed on our site. So I always encourage students to check that out. Um, otherwise, like make sure to check out the AMC's material. So the AMC is the official body that runs this whole process. Make sure to understand what they're looking for and then lean on your mentors. Um, you know, there are going to be professors at your university who have seen many students come through their doors before and who are seeking recommendations and advice. Um, and just that, that experience and that observation can be really critical. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, what is your proudest moment? <laughs> it's a bit of a generic. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Um, great question. I mean, there are so many ways to, to interpret that. I think, um, frankly, on the, on the professional side, I would say it's been just starting. Um, you know, going back to this part about belief, you know, I, my parents, uh, my parents, they went to school, got, you know, jobs with benefits, and that's what they wanted for us. And, um, you know, when I started uh, our, our organization, I mean, it's not like I had any formal business training. I still don't have formal business training or anything like that. So I was very self-taught in this process um, as far as, you know, how do you, how do people find you? 
what resources do you need? How do you develop services? How do you deliver them? You know, yeah. how do you maintain quality control? All these kinds of stuff. Um, so just like starting, because you know, if you're if you look at something, you know, I, I always liken it to let's say you're gonna go on a hike and you see this mountain, yeah, right? You don't look at the peak and say, I can't jump that high. That would be silly. We we know it's step by step, but when it comes to you know starting a a company or whatever the case might be, we look at other successful examples and we say, oh my gosh, that's a lot. And people just don't start. And so I think I'm pretty proud of just, you know, without having um, that, I guess, mentorship or someone to lean on for how do you actually make something like this work? Yeah. Just trying it, doing it, making the mistakes, yeah. getting things right, tweaking, pivoting, pretty proud of that. On the personal side, um, you know, pretty proud, you know, my family, um, mm-hmm. love my wife, love my son, um, just, you know, being able to, to be there for them and provide for them, I think is pretty special. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, really yeah. beautiful. Um, what is the biggest lesson life has, has taught you? Yeah, again, might sound again. cliche, but, but just do it, you know, yeah. just try. I think that a lot of times, whether it's with admissions or business or applying for a job or, um, you know, asking someone to marry you or whatever the case might be. Like, yeah. if you don't try it, you won't know. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a critical thing for people to to just do it rather than come up with all the reasons why it won't work. Fantastic. And then, you know, I'm sure you must well repeat yourself somewhat, but I'll, I'll ask you any sort of three three tips or piece of advice would you give a teenager or a young adult? Mm. Um, don't worry about having it all figured out. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people say like, you know, 14 year olds come to me. I don't know my passion yet. I'm like, okay, that's okay. Um, because the passion is not like, uh, you know, like the Isaac Newton story where the apple fell on it. I don't know how uh-huh. true that is, but that, that whole story, <laughs> it's like the people think that passions like that. I'm going to wake up one Tuesday mm-hmm. and I'll know my passion. And until then I'll just roam the streets. It's like, yeah. no, like you have to actually try things see what you like, see what you don't like. And then whatever you think you might enjoy, try it. If you don't like it, it's not the end of the world, but passion comes after experience. Um, I think that's a big, big thing. Um, Another piece is um, identify mentors and actually do what they say. A lot of times people are like, I don't know what to do or, you know, all this kind of stuff, but seek people who have done it before, mm. um, seek people who can offer you advice. And and that should never stop. I mean, there was, I was introduced to a gentleman from a sister church last year, um, and he's been an exceptional mentor to me, um, not only in, you know, work life, but also personal and spiritual life and just constantly learning and growing, like never think that, oh, I've reached a certain point and yeah. this is good enough. Um, I think that's a, that's the big thing. Um, and then I would say a third thing is, uh, look to develop balance. Um, and that's some, this is something that I personally, you know, don't always do well, um, you know, as, you know, as my work responsibilities have grown and we've supported more students over the years, uh, and, you know, I have a growing family, it's been, it's been tough to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the right combination of things. And especially like during the pandemic and when you work at home and stuff like that, like when is work over, Mm. um, what's the right cadence for your family? What is, you know, all that kind of stuff. And maybe some teenagers are like, well, that, that sounds weird. Like I'm, 15, 16 years old right now. But I still think it's important. Like, are you taking the time to, you know, be with your friends, to pursue stuff just for fun? I think sometimes kids will 
Um, you know, kids and teenagers won't do things that they think are just a hobby. They'll only do it when there's time left over. Yes. But I think, but I think play is important to actually schedule and incorporate because work can always fill in the time and yeah. you have to be mindful of that. No, definitely. That's one of my mantras, balance. You know, I think balance is really important. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, but, <laughs> it's something that, but I think it's something that, you know, um, is, is extremely important and something that I'm actively working on. You're working on. Fantastic. And um, last question, what is the most important message you would you like to leave with us today? Yeah, I mean, um, learn, learn, learn yeah. what it takes, uh, mm-hmm. learn what it takes to get in learn what the what successful people do and follow in their footsteps because uh, I see too many students who look at acceptance rates for programs who look at you know per, you know so you know Julie had these grades and she didn't get in so I have no chance and I think people just um, lose belief and you know they lose confidence because they they see others so learn what it actually takes and see if you can make that happen chances are the answer is yes yeah Definitely. And that's it. Is there anything else you would like to share with us, you know, before we, yeah, before we, we leave? It's been, I mean, you've imparted so, so much wisdom here. You know, even I've learned quite a bit. I mean, is there like a universal, um, universal um, advice that you can give to all medical students? I mean, you've given so much. Is there anything else there, you know? <laughs> Be open to different possibilities. You know, with medical students in particular, you know, people go in thinking, I'm going to be a neurosurgeon or something like that. And they go to school and they realize, man, like maybe that, you know, maybe that lifestyle doesn't work for me. Or maybe I, you know, was studying nephrology or psychiatry and I really love it. But I think people sometimes are, you know, they commit to some path super early on and they're inflexible. So maintain flexibility. If you like something, change your mind. That's okay. Um, You know, you're like, but I always imagined I would do X. And it's like, okay, no one's holding you to that. You're not a bad person. You're not a failure if you, if you switch it up. So make sure to, you know, follow, follow your gut sometimes. I think Mm. a lot of, I think we've gotten to a place, Carol, where everyone's so obsessed with data and data driven everything um, that they forget to, trust their instincts Instincts, Um, and both both of these things matter definitely definitely couldn't agree with you more brilliant 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 that was fantastic dr shamasi and that's fantastic i really enjoyed um our conversation likewise uh it's amazing listeners i hope you got as much you know value out of this conversation as much as i did and um as um dr shamasi said check out his his um his uh, website which is shamassianconsulting.com is, mm-hmm. is that right yeah that's right that is it so um yeah and don't you know don't forget to check out my website you know oyana.co.uk and if you're looking for a mentor or a transformational coach um please email me i'll be more than happy to support you so until next week thank you for tuning in keep learning live fearlessly practice gratitude and love unconditionally this is Carol Oakley. Peace and love to you all.